The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest is UK podcast royalty. We've got Pete Matthew, who is the host of the Meaningful Money TV podcast, which is the largest independent personal finance podcast in the UK. Thank you so much for being with us today, Pete. Great to be here, Craig. Thanks for having me, mate. But I'm absolutely fascinated by uh, what you're doing. Um, I mean, we've had a brief conversation prior to hitting record here, and some of the things that you're doing in this space I find amazing. Now, prior to me getting into my questions, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of an introduction as to what you've done in the past and how you've become the podcast manager of the <laughs> largest independent personal finance podcast in the UK. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a chartered financial planner. So I spend my days uh, helping clients manage their finances, do retirement planning primarily and estate planning. So when they want to leave money to their kids or to charity or whatever, just helping them with that. Uh, I am part owner of a very well-established financial planning practice here in Penzance in the very far southwest of England. And, you know, we look after about 200 million quid on behalf of our clients and uh, it's great fun, right? It, it's, uh, it's exciting. I live in a beautiful part of the world, so I have a pretty good work-life balance. I've got two kids, and they're getting older now, so I've got a bit more time to myself. And it's all good, right? I, many people would have been entirely happy with that. But a few years ago, gee, it's probably 2009, actually, I realized that there is, there is a massive hole in people's understanding of personal finance, particularly here in the UK. We don't teach it in schools. And essentially, I wanted to do something about that. So what began as a sort of, well, let's just give it a try and see whether or not it works has become a bit of a beast, which now uh, just takes up an awful lot of my time. It leads to a lot of new business to my practice here. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's, there were three things really that sort of uh, triggered me getting going with me for money. Do you want me to get into those now? Go, hit it, mate. Hit it. Yeah, okay. Very quickly. I mean, one of them was that I wanted to do something more than just help rich people get richer, right? I don't have any issue with that. I mean, it pays the bills and it's a lot of fun. Um, but I definitely wanted to help ordinary folks as well, those who thanks to a change in legislation, couldn't necessarily afford my fees. Back in 2013, commission was abolished here in the UK for investments and pensions and stuff. So that removed access to advice for a lot of people. So I wanted to do something about that. Second thing that happened is that a lot of people in different sort of circumstances of my life told me that I was good at explaining stuff, good at teaching. And you know, when enough people tell you the same thing, it starts to go in and you start to believe it. So I thought, well, maybe I can explain things well. And and then the third thing was that I wrote, I read a book. I read a book by my number one online hero, a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. You come across him, Craig? Shut the front door. Yeah, okay, right, okay. Yeah, that's not how he would say it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, so, I, I'm, being, I'm being very English and polite in my phrase. Yeah. Well done. Well, it's, um, you know, uh, Gary V is just my online hero, and his first book, Crush It!, Essentially, the premise of that was, look, there are now systems and technology around that if you've got a message 
And if it's any good, people will show up and listen and watch and read and take note. And so, you know, what a great time to be alive. And I took that book and thought, you know, I can do that. So I bought a little flip video camera for about a hundred pounds and set it up <laughs> on the, uh, on the prom down in Penzance with the sea behind me and uh, talked about what I was going to talk about. I said, I am going to talk about money. I'm going to explain how it works. Uh, did 340 videos and then decided to become a podcaster. And I'm now sort of six years and 280 episodes in, 100,000 down, uh, 100, downloads a month. And um, yeah, things are really going nuts. Well, I'll tell you a couple of things there that I can certainly resonate with is uh, we are a big Gary V fan. We yeah. will eventually have him on the show. As a matter of fact, funnily that you should bring it up at the time you did, all my staff went to see Gary V yesterday afternoon. Oh, yes, he's in Australia, isn't in he? In yeah. Sydney, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're very much tied into the Gary V, uh, the 80-page the or the 80, whatever it is, the uh, social. We, we take a lot from Mr. Mm -hmm. V. And mm -hmm. the bottom line from our point of view is that, um, you know, Mr. V, bugger it, Gary V, he knows what he's talking about in his world of expertise. And you know what? We, we started this podcast, and I, I'm, I, I honestly, Pete, we went to number one business podcast in the U.S. ahead Ooh. of ahead of Gary V, ahead Ooh. of Tony Robbins, ahead of ahead, we, we were the number one biggest business podcast in the U.K. back in May last year. Amazing, and it basically just swept me off my feet. Uh, I couldn't believe the success of it. I actually couldn't believe that people would actually want to listen to me talk about stuff. Yeah, it's an amazing medium. I love it. I love podcasting. It's super powerful and super exciting and really only just getting started, right? Oh, it is. It is. It is absolutely just getting started. So, look, you've had an illustrious career working with the who's who, the wealth. I mean, you're managing $200 million. Uh, Funnily enough, my uncle in the – he's in uh, Fairham near Portsmouth. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Keith. Uh, in the same industry as you. And I, I, I respect what you guys do. I, I really do because what you're doing is not only uh, helping people with their finances but more – more importantly, you're educating them on how to make decisions. Yeah, and that's what I do in, in my business as well. And, I mean, you've come out with a personal finance show. I mean, you, you've obviously grown to, you know, enormous heights, and I commend you for that because I know how hard it is to do that. What's got you there? What, what do people resonate with when it comes to their personal finances? Yeah, do you know what? Because it could be pretty dry, right? And and uh, I think a lot of it is. I mean, a lot of my sort of uh, peers in this space are pretty dry. And you think, man, you've got to make it somehow interesting. Um, firstly, I don't, I don't take myself too seriously. I'm very aware of my own flaws and failings and stuff. And um, just <laughs> that manifests itself in a lot of ways. One of them is that I never edit my podcast. So if I screw it up, I'll just leave it in. I'll just go, oh, that was crap, you know, and I just, let me just say that again. And I could edit it out, but I have no interest in doing that. I've just got, you know, life's too short for editing a podcast. So, and I could pay somebody else to do it, but I don't really want to do that either. So, and it, it's uh, being real, I think. And, uh, you know, I was crap with money as a student. I used to close my <laughs> eyes when I went to an ATM because I had no idea whether it would give me any money or not. Um, my wife, ironically, taught me a lot about money. Wow. Admittedly, before I got into this space. Is that why you put a ring on her finger? Yeah, absolutely. She was a keeper, right? <laughs> She left university with a credit uh, credit balance and uh, and a car. <laughs> That'll do me. Yeah, Let's get married. Sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you know, I think being real with your own story has really helped. I, I mean, 
to get to any kind of sort of success level with content online, you've got to have serious staying power, right? And sometimes it takes, there are days when I don't want to record, there are days when I don't want to sit down and write and think about what I'm going to talk about. And so then you've got to dig fairly deep. And part of it definitely is in my DNA. My dad was a teacher. My upbringing is sort of evangelical Christian. So there's very much a sort of serve your community kind of vibe going on in my DNA. But also, I mean, it's simple, sort of practical stuff. Like if I'm feeling crap and I just think, yeah, I don't want to do this right now. I keep a folder in Gmail of all the emails that I get from clients who have not from clients, sorry, from listeners who've said, look, yeah, drives, I used to have, right? yeah, man, I used to have 25 grand with a credit card debt two years ago, but I've cleared it because of you. And now no, I've got 60. My kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's all good, right? <laughs> so I love that sort of stuff. And that's the sort of thing that keeps me going. Yeah, no, look, I, I, I totally get that. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I've, I'm a, We've just passed our four hundredth episode Come on. Uh, on on this podcast, and dude, we started in freaking March. What? You know, yeah, mate, I am a I am a content beast. Wow. Uh, four hundred yeah. episodes in <laughs> six months. Uh huh. <laughs> Traveling the world, interviewing people, and uh, one one. I can relate, dude. Like I can relate. Well, I'm running a business. I'm trading my account. I'm trading my family account. I'm helping people. Everything I do. We work at a frenetic pace. We, we really, really do. So I, I get where you're coming from. And the thing is, is that, I mean, I could put out crap every day, but I don't. I work really hard to give people something that's going to be useful for them. And that's really where that content vein comes through. I mean, look, in God honest truth, for those that are listening, if you're thinking of putting a podcast out, then do it. But don't have expectations of grandeur. You've either got it or you don't. Uh, if, you, if you've got the gift of the, da- the gab, it's going to come fast. If you don't, you can adapt and you can learn. But the bottom line is what is your truth? What is your truth? My truth is genuinely helping people and to – I mean, I don't get any money for this podcast. There's no money involved in this. It, it, it's purely about giving a message to help people, and you know, it's, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience for me. So we talk about where you've been in this uh, you know, financial planning world and what you do and how you've done this so far, Pete. I mean, look, I've got my own – very, very deep personal opinions as someone who's started their first business at six years old and nearly got expelled from their school. <laughs> um, I, I really, I, I've been an entrepreneur for life before I even realized what it was. Okay. So I know that there are young and older people out there that are being knocked back by society's restraints on what is and what is not relevant and appropriate. So what's wrong? With mm-hmm. our society these days that people have no financial or not no, but there's a lot. I mean, look, there's a such if, if you if you're not middle cut if you're not middle class, you basically don't have financial literacy unless you properly seek it out. What is wrong with our society these days in regards to that? That's a great question and a massive one. You know, I, I do think I think our education system has got a long way to go to catch up with reality. So, you know, I mean, I've, my kids are 18 and uh, 15. So my youngest is about to go through her first major set of exams this year. This, the GCSE exams are 16. And I'm watching her remember stuff by rote, you know, I'm thinking you will never 
use this again. And then I've got colleagues here in my practice sitting exams, remembering stuff they will never need to retain in their brain because they can, you know, there's this wonderful thing called Google where we can just ask yeah. that. And in 0.2 seconds, you get a 15 million results. Yeah. There is no reason for people to remember stuff these days. And the education system needs to wake up to that fact and start teaching practical skills, uh, the ability to search and apply and filter what comes back online. Um, and that can apply to just about everything. I mean, unless you're practically working with your hands, you're either a mechanic or you're a surgeon or anything in between, then obviously you need practice and how to do that. But most of us these days are knowledge workers and we need to equip people uh, for that, both for their day-to-day -day job and then how to use the fruits of that uh, with their money and put that to good use. You know, retirement is a broken concept. It's just going to change. We've traditionally sort of saved and built money up for retirement. Well, what the hell is retirement now? Most people I know work in retirement to some extent and love doing it. Yeah, and, and, do you know what I mean? So we need to, your, your question was what's wrong with the world? And the answer is we just have not caught up with where technology has brought us to. Mate, I mean, you've got two girls. I have two girls. They're a different age bracket as we talk now. The bottom line is I, I found myself, I uh, was it, about two weeks ago, you know, I don't get personally, right, I was sitting down with my daughter Ivy. Uh, she's my everything. She's my first first one. They're both my everything, but she was my first one. And she's old enough now. Like I had my first business when I was uh, when I was her age in, in grade one. And it wasn't a business business. I, I cut in half, you know, the little timber rulers we used to get in Australia and I'd shape them into surfboards and I'd surf them on a bit of paper and people would want them. So I'd stand in the tuck shop line and I'd sell them for whatever they could afford to pay. Because I could, my, my mum was a health freak. So I would get like salads and freaking, you know, <laughs> apple. I'm like, God damn it, I want a freaking hot dog, mum. So that was my way of getting it. It was born from necessity. Now, I, I, I took my daughter through my website. She said, what do you do? I took it. I'm like, here's the website. Here's what we do. Here's how it works. And I saw such amazement. And it. it was the first real, I mean, she connects with the iPad. She connects with her movies. But she, she it was the first connection that she had and that I had with her of commerce. <laughs> on the computer screen that she is familiar with. And I absolutely love the fact, I'm like, yeah, girl, we are going to do a lot more of this shit. And half of it you're not going to want to know about, <laughs> but these are skills that I'm going to be able to help you. So so it's it's a, the education system is definitely lacking, and I, I'm a big advocate for that. And I've set a goal, uh, and I have set this goal from a very young age to teach financial literacy within schools. I'm not at the point where I'm presenting that just yet, but it will come. And I, the first point of call is to basically test the material with my children because I'm sick to death of seeing my friends that have got so much to offer. I mean, I'm 34 years old now. And these are friends of mine that didn't have they didn't have the opportunities that I did growing up with a, a father who was a businessman and you know having, having that drive because drive comes from certain places and it's generally the people that you associate with. So I'm very fortunate. I'm sure you are too, Pete. The people around us that have created the uh, the people that we've become. I, I'm, I'm sick of seeing people with amazing talents that just don't know how to capitalise on that, and they're in they're in shit house jobs. Excuse my French. Um, when realistically 
they could really be doing something. So, And you wonder if the system has sort of forced them into that box because nobody's ever really told them that, that there's another way. You know, uh, there's loads of variables there, isn't there? Pressure from parents, you know, sort of just assumptions that they were raised with. And, you know, sometimes people need help to break out of that stuff and think differently. That's why I love Gary Vee, you know. I mean, he's a, just a gazillionaire and, you know, has had opportunities that many of us wouldn't. But he also came from absolute dirt Nothing. poverty. He spits venom like no other. I mean, look, guys, if you are not listening to Gary Vee right now, then you've got to start listening because that man, I mean, look, if you're scared of profanities, then stiff shit. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bottom line is this man spits some venom, but it's truth. And the good thing is he's not selling anything. He's just trying to help. Uh, he, he's putting stuff out there. He, he is the master of millennial content, and uh, I commend him heavily for that. And I will tell you this, we will get him. So skipping a little beat there, we talk about investing. What you do is to help more or less, the wealthy, but also other areas uh, in the community to invest. What are the what are some of the key uh, questions that you ask your clients uh, when when trying to work out their um, I suppose their appetite for risk? Yeah, that this is a, a real bugbear of mine here because the regulator obviously wants us to assess people's appetite and tolerance for risk, and the flip side to that, which is their capacity for loss. You know, they might have real appetite for risk, but if they can't afford it, then you know we need to perhaps rein them in a little bit. But there is a hugely powerful emerging field here, um, what we call behavioral finance, and. You know, I, the longer I do my job, I've been 20 years as a financial planner. I'm 43 years old. And the longer I do my job, I realize I am far more psychologist, coach, counselor than I am finance guy because the money's easy, right? I mean, for, for my client. You sound like the sort of person I want to work with. You sound new age. <laughs> That's good. Do you know what I mean? Because money's easy for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I did some exams, right? But it ain't rocket science. When you get there, it is. Yeah, yeah. But the, even getting there, the, fun, the fundamental principles are not difficult. They might be hard to do, but they're not difficult to understand. But firstly, you need somebody to explain them, right? But the challenge then is when, if, you know, markets get rocky, lots of people worrying about Brexit. I mean, you don't give a toss about Brexit over there where oh, you are. I, and I, I, no, no, no. Let's, let's take a backward step. Big for me, right? I don't want my passport screwed without that. Yeah, well, you know, I voted Remain, um, and I was gutted when uh, the vote was to come out, but I'm also, it took me back. Because you're an intelligent human being. Excuse me. In the UK, but that's my perspective. Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, I share it, mate. I do. Um, but you know what? It took me a couple of hours. And I thought, right, well, we are where we are. So how do we now help our clients understand what the implications are? And, and there's still loads of uncertainty. We still haven't got a deal. And my job is to keep people in their seats when they might be tempted to bail out. Yes. Because I believe, you know, at time in the market, it will, you know, you're investing in capitalism. It will work in the grand scheme of things. You just got to hold your nerve. So, I mean, given that, I mean, I, I've had a, funnily enough, Pete, I've had a few guests from the US lately, uh, a few fund managers, a few uh, colorful personalities. And you know as well as I do, uh, having been involved in markets uh, longer than I have, but. The old saying is that if the U.S. sneezes, <laughs> the rest of the world catches a cold. Now, there's a couple of things. I'm speaking to my buddies that are running trading floors in some, I won't name the floors, but some very large floors uh, in the U.S. And, and their concern, and let's, 
make one thing very clear. As traders, their concern is not so long term. Mm-hmm, okay. Sure. They're looking at three to six months for the most part on the decision making processes, right? Their uh, their worry is more about the human being running the country <laughs> than then this is interesting. This, this, this is interesting. You, you get this, Pete. They're more interested in the risk that the human being running the country poses than the what seemingly to most investors who have an idea, the massive overvaluation of some of the companies, especially tech stocks. I mean, you look at some of these valuations at some of these, and they're working at 20 to 100 times yeah. valuation. Crazy, and, yeah. That is not a world that I'm used to living in. It's a sh- like honestly, if if I was managing a big fund in the US or anywhere, to be honest, I would be on the side of short sellers and getting on some of the most well known publicly listed tech companies that exist and shorting the backside off of them because the valuation <laughs> is so high and the risk associated with the leader of that free world, shall we say, uh adds to that what are your thoughts on the state of stocks and shares not just in the uk because you know as well as i do pete the uk is closely linked to the us as is our economy because we are a part of that what are your thoughts my thoughts are yeah i'm worried about the value of the dollar and its knock-on effect potentially on emerging markets right so we've been here before so the dollar strengthens and uh, all these countries like I think Argentina and Turkey are two that were sort of uh, the people who invest our clients money for us are watching because you know they're massively over indebted it's all in dollars and as rates continue to rise because of the strengthening dollar all that sort of stuff they're going to be in deep trouble potentially and we could see potentially you know countrywide bankruptcies and that i mean that's not gonna be good for anybody uh, right and i uh, and in the context of that brexit is small beer it's like a, a local skirmish in the context of a world war you know it's all young people we're, we're living yeah it is yeah and we're living in a, a weird world i mean here in the uk uh FTSE 100 there might be uk registered companies but 70 percent of their income is in dollars so you know that's uh, an issue um and then you've got to, I suppose, whenever you have a world where here in the UK, the 70% of the growth in the FTSE 100 has been on the, uh, the top six stocks. And so that's real concentrated stuff. And so then that's, as you rightly say, is not normal. And so you need to just keep an eye on that. What you do about it, of course, is nothing rocket science. You spread it around and you, you know, you find other sources of value where you can. But we, I spend a lot of time telling my clients, don't worry about the short term because we're investing for 30 years, right? We do what I, we'll do what we can, but we're, I'm not going to lose sleep over Brexit. I'm not going to lose sleep over Trump and a strong dollar because it'll come out in the wash ultimately. Yeah. And, 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 you just hope that they are, you know, under sixty years old. Because if you say we're, we're investing for thirty years, <laughs> well, yeah, they put two and two together, mate. They put two and two together. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned Turkey. Okay, let's talk about Turkey. The reason Ooh, why- don't get too deep. Don't get too deep. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to get too deep because I'm going to be honest. My my, my knowledge for Turkish, uh, I think it's lira, lira. 
is not deep. But what I what my depth of understanding and knowledge runs deep into is crypto. Now, Turkey has had fifty uh, percent of its value in the last year in, in the lira decrease. So that's a fifty. That's massive inflation, right? Yeah. And thirty percent in the last one month. Now, how does that equate to the market that I'm interested in right now as an emerging market, highly risky, highly volatile, wonderful market that is crypto assets? I don't say cryptocurrency because I say crypto assets because it's beyond currency. Now, crypto has grown a lot due to Turkey's fall. We've also seen the same thing occur in Venezuela, and obviously there's the petro-backed dollar cryptocurrency in Venezuela. Now, cryptocurrency definitely plays a part in this. If you're in a country, and I'm going to ask you this question, Pete, not directly associated with crypto, and I'm not going to draw on your limited knowledge of the space. (laughs) Very limited, but carry on. I'm going to ask you a logical question. If you're faced with hyperinflation, if you're faced with your local currency getting absolutely poleaxed, and I don't give two hoots about what the reason is, if you have an opportunity to put that into something other than a government-backed currency, is that, and not just is that, but should that be something that these people consider from your point of view, and I know you're very conservative in your viewpoint, but the answer is, why wouldn't you, for God's sake? I mean, these are countries with limited regulation, with uh, opaque markets very often, um, rife corruption, corruption, all that sort of stuff. And that's what excites me the most about blockchain and the whole crypto future. You know, it's decentralizing all this stuff out of the hands of those that are going to wreck it, I hope, right? So I'm massively excited about it. I'm only conservative from my sort of client's point of view when they come to me and say, hey, you know, this is this is just a one-way street, isn't it? This Bitcoin thing, I can't lose. And then we have to just re-educate a little bit, <laughs> right? Yeah. But you know, so I mean, it just makes perfect sense, and I'm super excited about the possibilities of blockchain, and I'm watching it extremely closely as to how it all develops and stuff. Um, and yeah, just why wouldn't you? I think it's going to be the downfall of some of these regimes, you know, because the currency that they put so much store in is just going to fail, and it's we're going to be moving instead to far more decentralized. Um, uh, that's not the right word. What's the word that you guys use in in blockchain? It's sort of not diverged. It's the right word, uh, decentralized. Man. Did I? You okay. You hit the nail there. Yeah, better than I thought it was. Right. <laughs> Pete, don't question yourself. You've got that. Right? You've got yeah, So how, how far – I mean, look, obviously your, your world is one filled with red tape, okay? Yes. Uh, your professional nature and your personal viewpoints with this space can often not cross over. How far is it? until financial institutions in your space, i.e., you know, advice, uh, will creep into, well, look, it's not too bad a choice to maybe put 5% of your pension fund or in our country, in Australia, superannuation and in different parts of the world, whatever it's called, it's not a bad option to slide a little bit of that into cryptocurrency because, you know what, the 5% may actually outperform the yeah. 90 
the other ninety five. Yeah, I I think we're a little way away yet. It's, uh, regulation moves slowly here in the UK. We're just about getting on board with peer to peer lending. You know, uh, hitherto that's been completely unregulated uh, and on uh, sort of protected under compensation schemes, government compensation schemes, things like that. And but now you can wrap it inside a, a nice tax wrapper, sort of you know regulated and, and encouraged by uh, Her Majesty's Red Revenue and Customs. But I think we're a long way, unfortunately from you know some of the stuff that you guys are talking about from becoming mainstream um i don't know uh, 10 20 years well the good thing is this those that are willing to be educated within the space have the opportunity for a long-term position in something that could not guaranteed it's guaranteed become something bigger than what we have in the internet now Preach it, I absolutely love this conversation's flowed freely. And you know what, mate? It's really hard to find people that can speak as intimately <laughs> and freely as you. So what I'm going to ask you is this, because I know that my listeners are going to be asking, scratching, gagging. How do I get more from this bloke? So you've written a book, right? Tell me about this book. Yeah, well, the book came out of the podcast. The publisher approached me and said, look, you know, have you ever thought about writing a book? Because the podcast is doing really well. I'm sure we can uh, sell a book for you. So I've always wanted to do it. My dad wrote half a dozen books when I was a kid. And so I thought it's sort of one of those life goal bucket list type things that I've ticked off now. The book is called The Meaningful Money uh, Handbook. And it very it's very much, you can read it cover to cover or you can dip in. covers the three primary tenets of building wealth over time, which is to spend less than you earn, how to get out of debt, all that sort of stuff, how to protect against disaster, the worst stuff happening that you can't control and how not to let that stuff derail your finances at least and then how to build wealth slowly over time uh, as a sort of core uh, of wealth building that most people can get on board with and it's very sort of simple stuff it's obviously got a uk bias so when i'm talking about tax wrappers and stuff those are uk ones but the principles are universal but you can find out all about what i'm doing including sort of links to the book and stuff uh, at meaningfulmoney.tv one of those domain names that i wish i'd got the .com <laughs> well, look, I tell you, mate, uh, good advice comes everywhere. I mean, like, I, I speak to people, like, I speak to investors in property in the US, and regardless whether it's in the US, the UK, Australia, I don't give two hoots about where it's from. Generally, good advice is simply that it's and for anybody who's looking to find out more about Pete Matthew, the man who I've been speaking to, get across to the meaningfulmoney.tv website, I suppose, and find out more. Now, Pete, if you want this to go public, I'm going to have to uh, be on your show. You do know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Why not? That'd be good, actually. Let's do it. All right, you've heard it. The exclusive Traticon <laughs> has just been invited to Pete Matthews' show, The Mini Money TV, the largest independent personal finance podcast in the UK. It's been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest on the show, Pete. Thank you so much for making it so easy for me to do my job. And I applaud what you're doing and I support what you're doing. And ladies and gentlemen, get across and do what you've got to do. Get involved. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much, Greg. Really appreciate it. It's been fun. Good stuff, mate. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast. Have a great day. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters.